Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How do you get out of whatever you would describe it as then when you talk about the, the human yeah, element? to play better, you know, and uh, some people that uh, are getting an opportunity have to take advantage of it. You know, pitchers, position players, and, you know, guys like Lindor, they're doing what they can do you know we're, we tied that game up there in the six but you know got some uh pitching issues you know pete gave us what he could you know he bent but we had a couple double plays that we weren't able to turn and testament to them at foot speed so you know no, we're just not pitching very well and not scoring many runs it's a bad combination It's another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on this Sunday, August the 6th, 2023. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time at the TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media and you can show an Apple podcast, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. No G. Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. You could also get me on Instagram, TalkingMetsNoG. And I want to welcome in the good folks from the fan-sided podcasting network as well as RisingApple.com. Welcome to another edition of the show. I think everybody's had a chance to decompress from the trade deadline. A very emotional five days as the Mets, under the direction of Steve Cohen and Billy Epler, ripped the team apart, trading away two future Hall of Famers a really top closer, and you can tell just from the comments, and we didn't really get too much into this on our last program, that it deflated this team in a big way, understandable. And I'm talking about the guys who are left that you would think are going to be part of the solution going forward, the Pete Alonzos, the Brandon Nimmo's. And what you have is probably unprecedented for the first time in a really long time. I mean, the Mets have been out of it. They've had bad seasons. But like I had said on the, the program earlier in the week, 2017, 2018, you never felt that they were taking a step back to rebuild. You felt they were pausing and, well, you, they'll get these pitchers back next year or they'll reload with this and that and they'll be right in the mix next year. And and right now, you know, despite the fact that Steve Cohen wrote an apology letter out to all the season ticket holders, I think there's a lot of uncertainty around this ball club. And the theme of this show, as we pick up the pieces from the deadline, is really looking at baseball in this town, because baseball in this town is good when both teams are playing at a high level. And I know you're rolling your eyes. I know that a lot of people listening to this show, what they want is 1986, 1987, 1988, Mets are on the top, the Yankees are a dysfunctional mess, but in reality, and I 
I've talked about this before, and we'll get into this a little bit today because I have a really cool guest, someone who recently wrote a book, Road to Nowhere, the early 1990s collapse and rebuild of New York City baseball. Chris Donnelly will be joining me. And it's really a, a segment that I've been planning on ha- I'm doing for a while. We like having these segments with authors and things like that. But with, as Mets fans, you listening to the show, with the season over and the specter of the next six, seven weeks of watching the kind of baseball that you saw in Kansas City, the kind of baseball you saw in Baltimore, which is extended spring training. I mean, what you're seeing now is what you would have expected to see in March. The kind of lineups, the the lack of energy. You know, you might as well replace Camden Yards and Kauffman Stadium for Port St. Lucie. I mean, that's really where it's at. So uh, I was planning on doing this segment, but now it's appropriate because I think after the deadline with the lack of activity that the Yankees presented to the public – with their desire to stay under the luxury tax, which is driving Yankees fans nuts, with Steve Cohen saying, hey, I spent a bazillion dollars. This isn't going anywhere. I'm going to take my assets. I'm going to retreat, come back to fight another day, try to get what I can get. Not only you know try to get what he could get, but pay down a significant portion to get the best prospects out there, basically trying to buy a farm system. And I haven't even got into the rankings and Who's number one? Who's number two? Where does the public, you know, where does the media think? Those in independent media, those in the mainstream media, where do they rank the Mets farm team? I don't care about that. I don't get too much into that. It'll be interesting to see. But I think more appropriate is the question. Are we headed to, for the first time since 1997, to a depressed era of New York baseball? Now, I know since 1997, the Mets have had their down periods. You guys remember 03, 04, obviously 2009, 10, you know, 11, 12, 13 with, you know, the Mets on the rebuild. And all throughout those times, even though the Mets were going through issues, the Yankees were a constant. They had the core four. They had Jeter. They had Posada. They had Pettit. They had Rivera. Core five when Bernie Williams was there. They seemed to be going for it every year. Even when the Yankees retreated, in 2015 and 2016, when they traded away Andrew Miller and Aroldis Chapman, the Mets were obviously playoff bound. They still were in the thick of things. It wasn't presented as a rebuild. And the Yankees are in the thick of things. You know, they are they're on a wild card race. The Mets are not. But as you listen to Steve Cohen, and there's a lot of things he has to prove, you know, what a competitive team means in 2024, we don't know. For the first time in the short tenure, of Mets ownership, we don't know what Steve Cohen is going to be up to. And what I think scares some people is that what you saw taking two Hall of Fame pitchers and spinning them off for top prospects is that Cohen has the you-know-what to do just about anything right now in this early part of his ownership. And that, you know, there are a lot of people wondering, could this mean Pete Alonso's traded, Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McNeil? You know, tried and true Mets... And I know Pete was considered a core member. He was put into that letter that went out to the season ticket holders. But at this point, someone came to you, and I talked about this here, as you guys know. What a big package. You know, who's to say the Mets won't say no? The Mets were very bold. And as I looked at the first starts with Verlander and Scherzer, as I, I stepped away from the, the emotion, from the desire to want to win a championship, to seize the opportunity, I saw maybe what the Mets were seeing. 
Scherzer, not a terrible start. His first start in Texas, six innings, three runs. All those runs came at the first inning. But really, that's a six inning, three run start. That's a 4.50 ERA. Not something that you have to spend $43 million to get. Now, Verlander pitched a little bit better. He lost to the Yankees. Gave, you know, seven innings, seven hits, a couple of runs. Still, the command, the walks are a lot higher than you're used to. You know, Verlander is a guy that the advanced metrics indicated it was some sort of decline. Now, guys like that, as they get later in their career, like when Pedro Martino was compromised, Pedro Martinez was compromised, Tom Glavin, they find ways to to make it work. I think, though, when you look at it from the Mets' perspective, they were paying for the last vestiges of Hall of Fame out of these guys, and maybe they don't have it anymore. Maybe I'm wrong, but I at least saw from that perspective, what they were doing, what they were talking about. And look, what's left is ugly. What's left is really ugly. You've got a rotation that, you know, it's basically the Tyler McGill and David Peterson show. You know, what is left out of those guys? Uh, Quintana and Kodai Senga are going to try to hold the fort down as the veterans. Uh, you know, there's a lot of magic eight ball out there, you know, when it comes to who's going to start, who's going to pitch well. And um, you're going to get a lot of what you saw this past week. Good teams like Baltimore on the road, the Mets are going to have a hard time beating them, especially when you start to sit whatever quality bats you have, like Marte and Nimmo, to nurse some injuries. I mean, you're really on most nights looking at three or four legitimate bats. You got a lot of 4A up and down that lineup with the Stewarts and the Ortegas and guys like that. So, you know, this could get ugly over the next few weeks. I think the Mets are ticketed for 90 losses. I think this very much looks like the 2020 Mets, except instead of 60 games, it'll be 162. And for the most part, since that season, that truncated season due to COVID, the Mets have been searching for pitching. And we thought they solved it temporarily with Scherzer and Verlander. And when, you know, obviously DeGrom was part of that. Taiwan Walker, you know, Stroman was in the rotation. But everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Throughout these last couple of years, two or three years, nobody has stepped up. No young arms have stepped up to actually... Uh, show uh, that there is uh, internal candidates that are affordable so they don't have to go out and you know spend a bazillion dollars on a rotation. And I, I think that plays a, played a lot into their thinking with Scherzer and, and Verlander. Like, hey, we got some young guys we're developing. We need some more in the minor league system. Nothing's a guarantee just because you got you know five interesting arms and then some, there'll be others that we're probably not talking about. Well, you know, you got to go for it at that point and put your toothpaste chips on the table and see what you can get. So I understand it. You know, with the Yankees kind of in a malaise, so to speak, where, you know, Hal is like, you know, we'll be in the muck and we'll be okay with it, which is a big difference from his father. A huge difference. When you add these things together, the uncertainty of Cohen, the Mets in retreat, we don't know what 2024 is going to bring. Rebuilds and prospects are always iffy. You just don't know. Mets fans have heard of Generation K and Butch Husky and, you know, so on and so forth. Remember Brian Cole, the late Brian Cole passed away. He never even got a got a chance. 
uh, Escobar, Alex Escobar, who was traded for Robbie Alomar. He never turned into anything. Last thing's millage. I mean, look, for every right in Reyes that turned out great, you've got your Escobars, you've got your millages. Remember Philip Umber? You have uh, Justin Huber. I mean, there's so many names over the years. And just because the Mets build up this farm system doesn't mean there's any guarantee here. I mean, Ryan Thompson, Jeff Kent, it could go on and on. I mean, Kent went on to have a great career outside of New York. And for the Yankees, look, you know, when you look at them, you know, Sam Militello and Wade Taylor, uh, Jeff Johnson, some young pitchers that they had, you know, during their, their bleak seasons. And then, of course, some of the worst years of New York baseball, 1991, 1992, the worst team money can buy, 1993, when things swung back towards the Yankees. But, you know, the Mets were on the, on, you know, losing well north of 100 games. You know, I have never in those years felt further away from 86 in a championship. I mean, there's been a couple of times where you wake up and you say to yourself, a title in competitive baseball looks so far away. 1993 and 92 fall into that category. And then, of course, there's a strike right after that. 2004, post-Scott Kazmir trade, I felt that way too. I really did. You know, maybe a little bit in 03 as things were bottoming out there after they tried to breathe some life with, again, imports in 2002. And then a little bit after Omar Manaya was fired and they brought in Sandy Alderson in 2010, you know, the, the failure and the frustration, the disappointment, how only four years earlier, the summer of love, 2006, was the, the city was about to be taken over. And I think you're in a similar spot now. I mean, the Yankees, and with, under Hal Steinbrenner's leadership, are poised to be knocked out and the Mets to become the darlings of this town. And I think the way it's going to have to happen is not through buying expensive toys. Oh, you're going to bring an import, you're going to buy free agents. That's always going to be part of the Cohen game plan. A big market team always has to do that. But those guys are going to be brought into the fold of a good core of homegrown players and players that have been here, you know, who also may be homegrown, like Alonzo, like Nimmo, guys like that, maybe McNeil in that conversation. And I think that energy from the youth that could be infused, I mean, guys like Acuna and Gilbert and possibly one of these young arms, maybe they're, they're ready to help as early as next year. And... Because I always talk about the negativity and the yoke around the franchise, I think one of the ways to battle this, to offset the negativity, and it's going to get ugly and negative and bad the next six weeks. This is going to be some of the hardest times for us to watch the Mets because it's going to be empty stadiums. It's going to be extended spring training. It's going to be some bad baseball, some ugly games, some long games that you're going to wish, why am I watching this? But I think one of the ways to battle this negativity that has been hanging over this team for a long, long, long time and impacts this group and the players that come here, I don't care what anybody says, is to bring young talent, babes in the woods, so to speak, who come here maybe with a chip on their shoulder and or maybe dumb enough not to care. And the fans, because they're young, because they're fresh, because they're new, because they don't have any other uniform on the back of their baseball card or the front of their baseball reference page, they're not going to have any prior agendas against them or expectations other than, hey, we hope this guy is really good. You know, maybe they'll give them some rope to hang themselves here because Lindor's not going to get that. And I don't think Alonzo's going to get that anymore. And McNeil's not going to get that. And Marte's not going to get that. And Nimmo's not going to get that. 
They almost need to be part of, if those guys are around in the next couple of years, be part of a younger, almost like lowered expectations leads to fun. One of the most fun seasons that I've ever had in Mets history. And I always talk about 1999, but a couple of years early in 1997 was a fun summer because you went into that season thinking they were going to lose 90-plus games. Some thought they were the worst team in baseball, that they were going to lose 100 games. All of Generation K was on the shelf. Nobody knew who Rick Reed was. Nobody cared. And Bobby Valentine was known as Top Step Bobby, and some people didn't think he was a very good manager. And Bobby went out and nearly stole the wild card from the eventual uh, champion Marlins, and they spent some time in the playoffs, a good chunk of that summer in the playoffs, you know, exceeding expectations. So maybe that's where we're headed. But leading up to 1997, there was a period where you could not be less interested in baseball in this town. It was a hockey town with the Rangers. It was an NBA town with the Knicks. You had the, the Giants in 1990, 91, still riding off those Super Bowls. The 93 Giants were a pretty good team. They got blown out in the postseason, but, you know, they they had a good year. I know the Jets had some up and downs, but they had Boomer Esiason, and they were in the hunt, so to speak. They just had some devastating late-season losses during that period. So you were basically a town about the winter sports, and then the summer would come, and you would, yeah, you had baseball. Maybe you go to the ballpark for a giveaway or to spend the sunny nice day because that's what you do when you're growing up with baseball in your DNA, but you weren't into it. You know, the most exciting thing that would happen with these clubs is the back page drama. Vince Coleman throwing a firework, Brett Sabre shooting up bleach. You know, who's George going to fire? You know, Harry Spira and all the illegal stuff going on with that. You know, Dave Winfield getting traded. You know, one bad Yankee player after another. Guys like Oscar Zokar and guys that you would never think would ever have a Yankees uniform on and I you know those are my years in high school and in high school you know in Brooklyn where I went we talked Knicks we talked hockey you know there wasn't a lot of baseball talk you know really and you know it was a mix of Mets fans and Yankees fans it's probably closer to 50 50 than maybe it would be today in another New York City high school where the Yankees over the last 30 years have built a dominant foundation of fans but that's what it was. And are we headed towards that? You know, are we at least headed towards that for a couple of years? I could see it. I mean, I personally think, and I'm just using social media as a barometer, that the fans are a little burnt out from baseball in this town. Yankee fans are burnt out with the BS of this club. You know, a club that just six years ago, similar to the Mets, had some promising prospects like Judge and Gary Sanchez and Glyber Torres and... Luis Severino, and, and nearly went to the World Series with a young core, with Joe Girardi as the manager, you know, there, and then obviously Aaron Boone after that. And they brought in some imports to kind of supplement that group, and they're tired of that group. The failures, the uh, unfulfilled expectations, the, the change in philosophy from Hal, from his father. And I just think Mets fans are burnt out. I mean, they really felt that, Cohen and his ownership was a yellow brick road. I warned you from day one, money solves a lot of problems, but it doesn't guarantee anything. It makes things more interesting, I can tell you that. And I think years and years of failure and disappointments, the second time in 30 years or so that they've had the highest payroll in baseball and the team has been a flop, I mean, that's a big scar, a big black mark against the franchise. 
I mean, think about it, though. In 1992, they had a $44 million payroll, which is basically what they're paying Max Scherzer. Think about how far we've come when I was a freshman in high school. Think about it. Seems like yesterday. I'm sure some of you remember where you were in that winter of 91 into 92 and say the same thing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where we go with this baseball malaise. Um, You know, we're still going to be here at the Talking Mets podcast. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to uh, to see over the next couple of years. I think the big difference is the promise of a better tomorrow. The fact that you have Cohen spending. Not sure that'll motivate Hal Steinbrenner to be different. But I don't think either team will retreat, at least from the, you know, on the Mets side. That, that could happen. Not on the Yankees side. I can't see that. But, you know, with Cohen doing what he's doing, it may embolden Hal to say, hey, if they can do it, so can I. And the interesting thing is the Yankees have the power position in the city. The Mets have been trying to steal that position, and they failed every time. 06, 2015, 2000, if you want to go all the way back to the Subway Series. They failed every time. And now when you really have the Yankees in a soft underbelly exposed, this happens. And, you know, reboot, rebuild, whatever, year, two years, three years, whatever, how long it is, it will go down as another missed opportunity. But you can't manage an organization that way. That's fan talk. That's radio talk. That's what we do here. That's what they do on talk radio. That's for us to have fun. Can't run an organization like that. And a guy like Billy Epler, Mr. Data, he ain't looking at that stuff at all. Even Cohen, he ain't looking at that stuff at all. So, you know, that's where we're at. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go in the time machine. You know, this is what we do when our teams are out of the race. Chris Donnelly wrote a great book, Road to Nowhere. Great book. You can check it out. Uh, He's also had other books, uh, a book about the 1985 baseball season and also about a great matchup in uh, the postseason back in 1995 between the Yankees and the Mariners. So Chris Donnelly, Road to Nowhere, the early 1990s collapse and rebuild of New York City baseball. He'll be joining us right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.